seriously popular. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code Listen to get fifty dollars off your purchase of five hundred dollars or more. That's code Listen at BlueNile.com for fifty dollars off your purchase. BlueNile.com code Listen. In today's episode, are the Chelsea kids growing up? Why managers are setting the worst example? And Chris calls me out for patronising Scottish football. I'm Ian Ladyman. I'm Chris Sutton. And it's all kicking off. Mate, there are only three points separating the top five teams in the Premier League. Are we actually going to get a proper title race this season? Yeah, I think it's... uh, Last week I was a little bit worried with uh, Liverpool dropping points... Uh, at uh, at Luton, uh, I think it's out of three, though, isn't it? Manchester. You, you have a phobia about the being a one horse race again, don't you? You're really I, worried I, about I that, do, aren't you? Because you know, there's a lot of criticism about other leagues around Europe um, being boring because you know certain teams dominate them. Bayern Munich, the Bundesliga, for oh, one, see, and yeah. Manchester City are Sorry. so so dominant, or have been so so dominant, yeah. haven't they, in recent times? So that's a it's a really good thing that uh, that it looks like. Yeah, we've got a tight race on this year. I, I agree with you. How many teams are how many teams are in that race? You three. say three? Three. So the up City, Liverpool, Arsenal. Yep. Arsenal. I really want them to try and buy someone like Ivan Tony in January. I know that's such a like that's a almost like playing football manager, just go buy, buy, buy. But I can just see them on the kind of fringe of being of such a powerful team if they just had that that number nine. I really so, hope they try and do something significant yeah. in January to take them onto City's shoulder properly. And you rate Ivan Tony that highly that you would think he would be your in yours a significant difference because you know all the talk is about Arsenal need yeah. you know uh, an, an elite number nine. Uh, Eddie Nketiah is not quite at that yeah. level. People are saying you know there there are doubters there, but it's a stretch to say that Ivan Tony would take them to a title isn't it centre forward as, as you know and that's this is not a dick as you know buying centre forwards is, is more difficult than buying say a right back or a holding midfield player I think they mm. seem to be more expensive for a start and it, they tend to be harder it seems to be harder to, to judge whether one will make a step up you're looking at me quizzically as if you don't yeah, agree I don't, I, don't, I, just, no. I don't quite understand that okay. sort of you know, the way you're, you're trying to explain that. It's, you know, recruitment in every position is very similar, right. isn't it? Let's, sim- let's make it more recruitment simple. Expert. Let's simplify it. it. It would be a gamble. I think you spend big money on a, on, a, on a big player to solve a problem. It's always a gamble. But I've seen enough of Tony to suggest to me that he could score goals. I mean, he already scored goals at the top level. The Premier League is the top level. He scored goals for Brentford okay, but, regularly. But, but, but you've got splinters in your backside, your chubby backside. Uh, you know, is is he going to be the difference then if Arsenal... So you're saying if Arsenal go and get Ivan Tony, that's that's the the difference. I think he would improve them. 
why are you rolling your eyes? I'm well, not going to say that... Well, will improve to go and win the Premier League? Give them a better chance. Okay. Okay? Now, one thing... I was at Stamford Bridge yesterday. What a game for all. Um, one thing that struck me about that game was that City didn't, as the scoreline suggests, City didn't have that control of the game mm-hmm. that they usually have. They didn't dominate the ball in the way that they usually do. And they seem to be vulnerable to Chelsea's counter-attacks in a way that they are not normally. Is that an issue or is that just a one-game a one game anomaly, a game on a, a frantic Sunday in the pouring rain that can happen? Um, I think from Pep's perspective, it's you know maybe, maybe a bit of an issue because they're not used to it from... The Premier League's perspective and Chelsea's perspective it shows that the the Chelsea development team are, are really moving yeah. in the right direction yeah. under uh, under Pochettino. They're they're evolving. I think I think we all felt everybody felt that you know he he needs time and he needed time and, and he is getting that time. I still think that the the expectation uh, levels at Chelsea, you know, that they can't be that great this season. It's about improving. But it was good to see. Manchester City having their pants pulled down at it times. It was. Um, Potts is, I'm smiling because you say, oh, it's good to see Potts. Pochettino been given time. He's been there three months. That's all that, right for Chelsea. Does that time as, uh, <laughs> at, at Chelsea? Um, now, it's hard to get away from today's headline boy, Cole Palmer. Uh, he's in the England squad. Um, I'm delighted about that. Um, in your absence last Thursday, when Dom King and I... Um, sat and did our It's All Coming Up mini podcast on Zoom. We talked about Palmer. We said that we thought he should be fast-tracked into the England squad. Um, and he has been. Is this another pat on the back? You're patting yourself on the back? I'm, ple- I'm just pleased about it because he's... For yourself or for Every, every time I see him play, he seems to improve. He's 21 years old. He started nine Premier League games, six for Chelsea, three for Man City. And I just love the fact that we've recognised, OK, it's because we've had Gareth Southgate's had withdrawals, James Madison's out, Callum Wilson's out. I think Jude Bellingham may well be out soon um, if he isn't already. Uh, so that's why he's got in. But he's in. Yeah. And I'm delighted about that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, I'm with you. I think there was an argument that his, his form has been that good this season that uh, he should have been in anyway, not the under-21s, and then, and then, uh, and then being uh, promoted. So... Yeah, it's a good thing for Gareth. Good, you know, another good, more than a, a a good option. Looking forward to the Euros in the summer. You know, I really think that England with Bellingham coming to the fore now. What did you call him earlier this year, Bellingham? Uh, Hollywood, Holly, Hollywood, <laughs> Bellingham. <laughs> in one game, I, I actually it's the, it's the first time sort of ever where I actually think you know. No, England, I don't say it. You'll, England, be, mm, you'll be saying golden gen. You'll be saying golden generation. England may go close. You'll be saying golden generation. I, I, I think England are getting to the stage where you know Bellingham is that outstanding uh, that you know they can have a, a real good crack at the Euros. I'm pleased that Gareth. Uh, I'm repeating myself a little bit. Well, I'm explaining explaining myself also. Pleased that Gareth has gone for Palmer. He could have gone for Sterling. Should have gone for Sterling over Palmer. Uh, not not over Palmer. I think Rashford's in the squad, isn't he? Mm-hmm. How is Marcus Rashford in the England squad ahead of Raheem Sterling, based on uh, on this season's performances? This has always been a criticism of Gareth, though, hasn't it? You know, he's a sort of he makes decisions which which sort of go against the grain at times. Um, Rashford being one of them this season. Jordan Henderson being another one this season. Calvin Phillips being another one. 
you know, he, 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 he goes for players who there's no rhyme or reason and then players well, who are in form. Th there is rhyme or reason. Well, is there? Yeah, the reason well, on, being then. that he goes for players that that have served him well in the past. I'm not saying that's right, but that's the reason. There is a reason. That's the reason. How, how many, how so many, minutes, what, has, so how many minutes has Calvin so Phillips played this season? So No, you're not listening to me. He goes for players who've done well for him in the past. Phillips, the, the ones you mentioned, Phillips, Henderson, Rashford. You can also mention Maguire um, are players who have consistently and historically done well for Gareth. And he likes that. He rewards that. Again, I'm not saying it's the right way. Now, he's actually gone against that a little bit with Sterling because Sterling is a player who certainly up until mm. the Euros that we had here was always in Gareth's team and probably all up until the World Cup was always in his team and he's turned his back on him for now. So what's the but story the there then with Sterling? That's, then? Is that's that, the outlier. Gareth, Gareth claims there, is, there isn't one. Gareth claims it's, it's on form and it's it, to do with the emergence of uh, people like Saka and uh, Grealish and Foden and the competition for places. We're not sure that we're quite buying that one. Anyway, what, do you, what are you, just on that, just hmm. what do you know then? Are you saying that you know, Gareth isn't right. I mean, your, your journalistic... What, is he right? So, no, um, you, well, just, you, you know, with your journalistic head on, is there something that we don't know? The, sus the suspicion is that there is. There's a suspicion that there's a lingering um, uh, sense of distaste from what happened at the World Cup when uh, Raheem went home. Um, but then, you know, he had been he had been burgled. So that is... Look, it, it's speculative. That is speculative. We keep putting it on Gareth and Gareth keeps knocking it back. That there's that there's no that there's no issue and that it's a form thing and that other players are just being are just being better. Knowing Gareth as we do, um, knowing the way tends to operate, he certainly deserves the benefit of the, of the doubt in terms of believe, taking that at face value. So I think at the moment that's what we're doing. Although we will keep asking that question probably until the day that Raheem Sterling finds himself back in the squad. Now Rico Lewis from Man City, who's 18 years old, has also been uh, promoted to the senior squad. So it's a great day for City's academy. They're, you know, uh, Cole Palmer's from Withenshaw, about five minutes from where, from where I live. Um, Rico Lewis is from... Uh, Rico Lewis What's is... That? We, we can get that bit edited out. Rico, who, who cares about that? Rico Lewis is from Bury, Kieran Trippier, which is Kieran Trippier country. So they're both, mm. both City, City graduates from the academy. That's great for City. It's great for our academy system that are producing those players. But why did Manchester City let... Cole Palmer go to Chelsea with each mm. passing game with each passing move uh, with each passing kind of wave of that magical left foot with each passing goal for Cole Palmer with each passing contribution of note and merit we ask that question why did City sell one of the best young players to a rival it was mm. baffling yeah um, I totally I totally get where you're coming from uh, but are we going to question um, Pep's judgment? I think I think we are based on what we've seen in his early performances mm. at Chelsea. I suppose, I suppose you know, the, putting it sort of out there, where where would he where would he fit into the the the, the Manchester City team? Whose whose place would he take? And that that may be yeah. the only reason. It's a very, it's a good question. And uh, Guardiola was asked about this on Friday before before this game against Chelsea. He said that when Riyad Mahrez left to left City to go to Saudi during the summer, um, Pep claims that he said to Cole Palmer, "Riyad is going. You will get games. I want. I want you to stay." Hmm. So I suppose in answer to your question, it's like everything with City. There's only about four or five players 
maybe half a dozen who can be viewed as regular, absolute certain starters. And now, I mean, even Jack Grealish is no longer a starter, right? Mm. But he isn't going to leave the football club. Last season, Foden wasn't the starter. That's the way it works at City. It's a squad game as much as anything at City. And I think Guardiola's argument was that Palmer would have got his games either occasionally starting, yep. coming off the bench on the, on the right-hand side, which is where he's playing for Chelsea. Palmer said, no, it's not enough for me. I want to go. Now, what I would have done if I was City... Frankly, I'd have, I would just have said, I'd have said no. I'd have, I'd have said no to him. Mm. I, I would have said, I'd have done him a deal. I'd have, well, I'd, I'd have tried to do him a deal. But you can't, you can't, you you can't guarantee him game time if there are seemingly players ahead of him. Exactly. I, so what I, I would, what I would have done, I'd have said, look, you still, you're under contract until 2026. So at the time of this conversation, he would have had three years left. Stay for one year. Stay for one year. And if you are, if I'm not true to my word and you do not get the games that I'm telling you you will, next summer we'll sit down and talk about a transfer. That is what I would have done if I was Manchester City. What, what, what would Cole Palmer have said there? You, you know, I need to play regular football. And he's, he's gone to Chelsea and now his profile is, is going I'm not or saying has he, gone through the roof. I'm not saying he's made the wrong mm. decision, but I'm saying players should only have so much power. He was under contract for mm. three more years. City have had him in their academy since he was six They've put time and money and expertise into him and they would have been quite within the rights to say to him, you're not going, yeah. you're not going. Now, um, Pep, has, Pep also said, tried to justify the move. They got good money for him, 40, 50 million quid for him, great money. Um, Pep said on Friday, only small clubs, that's his quote, only small clubs refuse to sell to rivals. Mm. Really? Really? I, was, I think slightly naive to sell to a rival which is something that you can rarely say about Manchester City only small clubs refuse to sell to rivals what does that mean? Um, well I mean he's entitled to sort of uh, say what he wants is it, you know especially when they're mopping up and over the years they've yeah. spent a fortune sort of you know bringing in some of the best players yeah. across the world to, to play for them so maybe yeah I mean I think it's a bit of a a sweeping generalisation from Pep as much as anything, and maybe a dig, uh, well, certainly a dig at a few. Yesterday, before the game, I was sitting in the in the press box and the, the stadium was pretty empty and a chap waved at me. I thought, I don't know that chap, but I better wave back. And he said, <laughs> uh, Ian, Ian, he said, um, he said, um, Really, really love love the podcast. Re really, really love the podcast. Re really enjoying it. I said, "Oh, thanks. Really? That's re really good to hear." And then he asked me for my autograph. <laughs> he asked me for my autograph. Is that is that is that a first? He asked me for me. It's absolutely first and last. Now that's ridiculous. Obviously, obviously. So I, de I politely declined. You can't. That's well, awful. He wasn't a child, Chris. He was a grown yeah, man. That's so I just said to him, "You really don't want my." autograph on a piece of paper but if you like I'll get I'll get Chris I'll get Chris's for you he just walked he just walked <laughs> he just walked up he just walked up anyway yeah, I thought you may find that very so good. sad though that you didn't you're a little bit insecure there what do you mean not signing it yeah just you know best wishes Chris, he was older than me Ian, Ian Ladyman yes, he was older he was, old, he was older than me um now talk about um did that make you feel good though I maybe feel good that well, well, it has done because you brought it to the maybe pod. You, you didn't have to bring it to Adrian the pod. Kajumbo, did you? a colleague who was sitting next to me, thought it was the funniest thing he'd seen, he'd seen <laughs> um, or heard all season. It made me good that he was listening, feel good that he was listening to the podcast and he, and he was enjoying it. Now, mm. what didn't make me feel good at the end of this game, 
Um, and it's a bit of a theme now uh, on this show, but it's a bit of a theme generally. Managers behaving badly, managers behaving appallingly. Mauricio Pochettino, let's put this into some context in terms of what the type of guy that we think Mauricio is. My dealings with him, like everyone else in my, on my side of the fence, have always found him a really, really down-to-earth, grounded, good guy. I think yeah. he cares about people. Yeah. I think he cares about his players. I think he cares about football. But the way he behaved at full-time yesterday was off the scale bad. Now, the TV cameras picked up him going onto field at full time. No, I, I saw, and that's the, that's the bit I saw. In the face of the referee. Yes. What the TV cameras, I think, didn't pick up from what I've seen is what, is what I saw from the press box. As soon as the, the whistle went, um, Pochettino turns and he's literally within two feet or foot and a half of the fourth official in his face, arms out, screaming in the fourth official's face. I don't know what he was screaming. I don't care. For about 15 seconds... Uh, and the, and uh, Craig Porson, I think the fourth official, had to stand there and take it. Pochettino behaved like a like a yob. He behaved like a bloke who's just been told he can't come into a nightclub at midnight. See it on a Friday night. It was. I haven't seen much like that. I don't want to single him out as being some kind of great uh, a great bad guy for this. He's apologised. That that took some. That, I think that showed some decency. He's not the only one. They all do it. But it's indicative of the way this game is going, that he thinks or managers think that they can behave like that and 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 think it's normal and get away with it. Yeah. What does that say about, about the culture, about the environment of the modern Premier League, Chris? It's I, really I, yeah. not, it's really I, I, I not think, on. I think this season <clears throat> has seemed worse than ever. In, in terms That's of, one pre- of the worst pre- I've pre- ever seen. Premier League managers, uh, you know, attacking referees. There's a lot of issues with VAR. Uh, you know, a lot of decisions have been questionable this season. But the reaction of Premier League managers um, has been over the top. I think the biggest thing is this: is is, is further down the chain, yeah. their actions. So Pochettino screaming in a fourth official's face. That will have consequences to grassroots referees because people will think it's the norm if, yeah. if Pochettino is a good guy if he can do that that's that's the norm and it, you know it will have a knock-on effect uh, and you know you think grassroots referees there are cases of them you know you know being attacked verbally uh, abused so Premier League managers have a great responsibility I know how how frustrated they get at times but there there is a line and many Premier League managers this season have, have crossed the line. And really, that there needs to be strict. Uh, there, there needs to be severe bans on yeah. on Premier League managers behaving in that manner, simply because of the effect it will have uh, lower down the chain. I absolutely, I absolutely agree with you. I, the referee, uh, Anthony Taylor, I think. Um, booked him and and I, th- I think he booked him because he saw it because he'd had his yellow card out as, as Pochettino strode onto the field to get to him he already had the yellow card out so I think he'd seen it I think he's one of the few people who did see it and if it has been seen properly even if it's not being picked up by the 54 TV cameras that are in every stadium these days if the referee saw it I don't think the yellow card is enough for that no. I think he should serve a ban for that and I don't want to be I don't want this podcast to be you and I sitting here every week saying ban, 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 ban because that just makes us sound like two kind of you know slightly grumpy middle-aged men which you could argue is what exactly what we are <laughs> so I don't want this podcast to be like that but equally 
I feel strongly about the way that referees behave. I feel, re- mm-hmm. sorry, managers behave. I feel really strongly about it. And Pochettino's out of order. Um, we also had Mikel Arteta after the Arsenal game on Saturday trying to make a joke of, of the, what yeah. he'd done the previous week about VAR, like saying, oh, let's have some humour about it. That was that's his quote. I'm sorry, Mikel, but what he did last week wasn't funny. Yeah, so so it's, it's, don't, yeah, don't like, come now. Now mm-hmm. you've had a straightforward 3-1 home win against Burnley. Don't come the kind of nice kind of, oh, let's make a joke about it because the damage is already done. Yeah, it's patronising, um, wasn't it? Yeah, it is patronising. Absolutely. Um, staying with managers, I think, um, and flipping this conversation completely, um, probably off the guy who was fast becoming our favourite English manager of the season, I think is Gary O'Neill at Wolves, who's doing such a quietly effective job. Um, and after their, um, who did they beat on Saturday? Tottenham. Tottenham. After their, after their late on, show they, yeah. against Tottenham on Saturday, um, this is a lovely little clip of Gary O'Neill addressing his players in the dressing room at Molyneux. Take huge belief from that, because I, I ask you to give a lot but I'd sort of represent what I was, but I couldn't have done that, lads. I wasn't good enough to do that. Like, I could try as hard as that and I could give as much as that. But that performance out there is high level, lads, high level. The only thing I ask of you now is go and enjoy your time off and make sure that that is our level, okay? Make sure that that is our level because that is an incredible performance, okay? A lovely little address and a nice mm-hmm. little, a nice uh, uh, insight into what happens in the in the Wolves dressing room, courtesy of, of uh, Wolves TV, I think, their own TV channel. Um, if you're a player sitting there and you hear that from a manager before your two-week international break, you, you're absolutely kind of swelling with pride, aren't you? Yeah, uh, and I, I really rate him highly. I think we both... I don't know your view on him getting the, the boot by Bournemouth, actually, but I thought, you know, that was extremely yeah, harsh. Mm. I, I, you know, he's he's carving out a, um, a really strong reputation as, a, as, a, as an excellent manager. Um I just wonder when when the time comes for Gary O'Neill now, where he will be linked, say Eric Ten Hag. Mm. Since, you know, if mm. things don't go right, although they are the form team. They're on the charge. Told, yeah, but we watch them on the charge. Um, but would he ever be linked? No, with a job like Manchester United, and and that's and that's wrong. This is a guy did you know kept Bournemouth up. Went in, uh, you know, took the took the Bournemouth job when the previous manager had absolutely whammed them. You know, just lost nine nil to uh, to Liverpool. He steps in, keeps them up, kept them up easily. People say, well, you know, possibility of, of manager of the season ends up uh, losing his job because he's not not trendy enough. Exactly. I, I don't know whatever no, it. it is. It. So then, so then he walks into Wolves, and I think we. I don't know whether, I think some people have forgotten. He walked into Wolves a couple of days before the start of the season. They had that performance first game against Manchester United. Arguably, Wolves should have have far more many points than they have done. They've been on the wrong ends of some shocking decisions. So so then for him to to go in and actually set up a team uh, which is really well balanced... I mean, it's you know, it's it's pretty remarkable, and his reputation is growing and growing and growing. But why then? What's stopping him? You know, getting linked with it with a huge job. It, it that that whole thing is wrong because I don't understand it. Snobbery. It is simple snobbery. as that. It's snobbery in English football. We've talked about it before. That is why. I mean, I would argue he's probably slightly early in his in his time to be to 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 be linked with a place like Manchester United. But even if he even if he was a season down the road, he still wouldn't be because it, because there's too much snobbery. Hold that thought. We'll be back right after this. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, another, cl- another club that tends to be that occupy that land between uh, that you're never quite sure whether they're going to edge up into the top nine or get sucked down into the top into the bottom kind of five or six are West Ham. They beat Forest. They won three two. Um, all all is once again uh, well at the London Stadium. But what baffles me about West Ham is the fact that David Moyes, a manager who we know has done well done well there, won them a European trophy. Um, admittedly not one that I have a particular regard for but they did win a European <laughs> trophy they've got to be consistent Chris begrudging well, I can't credit pretend that I think the European Conference League is a great is a great competition mm. just because West Ham won it when last year I spent all last year slagging it off so but they won it they gave they gave their supporters a European trophy they love that David Moyes has given them something they hadn't had for an awful long time and yet he's out of contract this this summer next mm. summer hasn't been offered a new one it baffles me a little bit. And we're going to talk about that now with our chief football reporter, Sammy Mockbell. Why is David Moyes out of contract next summer? Why has he not? Why is there a new one not sitting on the table in front of him? That question will linger until David Moyes finally departs. I think, I think he's going to depart. All the information that we have indicates that he will depart at the end of this season. I think there was a plan to do that last summer at the end of last season for him to for him to move on but obviously them winning the the the, the, that european trophy the conference league kind of spun spun that direction on its head a little bit because how can you how can you sort of open the door for your head coach to to leave when he's just landed you you know your your first your your first trophy in, in 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 decades so David Moyes deserves a lot of credit for for turning for turning that narrative round last season, but I think again what we've seen this season is they've had an indifferent start, and that narrative is 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 kicking into gear again, and I think it will continue to do so until he until he goes. So two sorry two questions on the back. The first one is so if you say that that in, in very polite language that it was all set up for him to go at the end of last season, you mean he was going to be sacked? Effectively, cool. that's, that's right. what it is. Right. Right. When you okay. when you still got when you yeah. still got time on your contract and you don't want to leave, but they're rushing you out yeah, the door. That, that is, yeah. So yeah, that is, so so, he, 
Okay, so so they'd have sacked him if they if they hadn't won the Europa Conference League, um, but he did win the Europa Conference League. Um, they they lost their best player in the summer, Declan Rice. They signed four or five to to replace him. Um, they're doing okay this season, but they still want him out. Why? David Sutherland, chairman, owner, is he wants to drive this football club forward. So last summer. He he appointed a director of football or a technical director, sporting director, you know, however you want to coin the coin the uh, the, the the appointment and the, and the job title in in Tim Steiden, who came from Germany with a very good reputation, having worked at Bayer Leverkusen, uh, Werder Bremen, to you know almost push the the the, the club into you know into into the future. I think what we've seen over the summer is the, the lack of an alignment in terms of certainly in terms of recruitment with regards to what Tim Steiden wants and what David Moyes wants now my information at the time was Tim Steiden was being lined up by David Sullivan and by West Ham at around sort of March, April time. So it, it wasn't something that they just thought, oh, let's do this at the end of the season. It, the, the machinations of that appointment were, were, were well into, were well into to, to force by the time that obviously that appointment was made. And, and I think it was with a view to him overhauling the entire kind of football, footballing operation. And that would have included the coaching staff. Right. But the success that they had at the end at the end of the season, in many ways, kind of skewered that, and and you can't get rid of a manager on the back of a of a, of a trophy success. But in saying that, I think what happened over the summer with regards to the signing of players, the players that David Moyes preferred to sign, and 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 the the players that Tim Steiden had his eye on, the um, the disagreements. Over that, I think will eventually lead to to to, to Moyes to Moyes going. Where's where's the evidence of this misalignment between David Moyes and the sporting director? In the summer, uh, David Moyes having won having won the 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 European Conference League, I, I think he felt that he that allowed him to have a firmer grasp. On, on the club's recruitment policy, and I, I I understand he wanted to go more proven Premier League proven British players. So we, we knew about the Harry Maguire transfer. That didn't happen for for, for a myriad of of different different reasons. He wanted Harvey Barnes, who obviously ended up going to ended up going to Newcastle. I think there was an interest also in in, in Calvin Phillips, who who you know rightly or wrongly has remained at at Manchester City. Um, and if we look at if we look at the signings that they made over the summer, uh, Mohamed Kudos, who is a, who is a fantastic player, I think, who arrived from Ajax, Edson Alvarez uh, arrived from Ajax, I think, and, and Mavropanos, the, the former Arsenal defender, that, that, that I think he arrived from Stuttgart. My understanding is is that they were all kind of identified by. Um, Tim Steiden as 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 yeah, but, uh, Dave, as but David Moyes has, but David Moyes has the final say on these things. I'm not I'm not sure he does. Generally, do you think David Moyes is appreciated enough by not just within West Ham? Sounds as though maybe he isn't within West Ham, but by the clubs 
fan base? Because they're quite an ambitious lot, West Ham fans. Do you think he's loved and appreciated enough by West Ham fans? I think they was. I think the fans certainly after the end of and the euphoric kind of end of the last season. I think they certainly respect him, Ian. But whether they love him to the to, to the point that they should really having won the, having won the trophy at the end of last season, I don't think they. I don't think they do. Um, but I think I, I think he deserves I think he deserves more appreciation. I think he deserves more admiration from their from their fan base because. Listen, David Moyes is such a dignified guy. He carries that club, and he and he and he, he portrays that club in, as I know in, in in such a dignified way. He's so honest, and 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 the players have obviously bought into to, to, to what he's he's trying to do because you know they they they, they, they you know easily escaped relegation since he's been there. They've won the trophy, and I think when he does eventually go, and when there is that transitional period from a David Moyes team to, you know, potentially a more a more expansive brand of football. I think that period will be very, very difficult for West Ham next season. And I think that is when there's the supporter base will actually say, Oh, hang on a minute, David David Moyes did a fantastic job here with us and uh we should sort of appreciate what he you know what he what he achieved with us. But I think while David Moyes is still in charge. I still think there will be a core of supporters who are pining for, for a, for a different brand of football. Um, they will get that brand of football, but whether that will mark mark success for them moving forward, I, I, I'm not too sure, and that remains to be seen. <laughs> your mates have been in touch with me since, uh, well, I presume they're your mates, since Dom King and I spoke frankly and honestly about Celtic and Brendan Rodgers and Scottish football last week. To uh, recap very briefly, um, I questioned on this, uh, well, on its, the, its all um, coming up mini podcast, I asked why Brendan went back to Celtic when he's already achieved everything he could ever achieve there. I then wrote a column about it. It's got pretty ugly on my uh, social media uh, stream and since since then and you have been really wound up about it you messaged me on friday mornings with capital letters capital letters saying it's not funny that's what you said no, i don't it's i don't so i don't know and i, I, well, I'm I not don't laughing either but i still stand by it yeah but i i i think you're you know you're, you're an excellent journalist but i think you've got this badly wrong you <clears> know I, I do i, I think well, well do you want to get your stats out of the way yeah i do Go. so i said so i said that that uh, that Brendan shouldn't go back, can only win what he won before, in, which is everything domestically, hasn't got a chance of su- succeeding in, in Europe. Um, and I think what's, what's, what plays to that is that they lose 6-0 in Europe last week in Atletico Madrid, come back home and then beat Aberdeen 6-0 by the same score, which shows they are far too good for the league that they're in, but they're not well, good enough. Hang, but hang on, on a minute. They haven't oh, finished. Oh, they're not good enough for the league, for the company that, that, that they want to keep. They've got mm. Celtic at top of the Scottish Premiership. They've got 35 points. The team in third, admittedly they've played a game less, the team in third, St Mirren, 
have got 19. Just a stupid, Celtic have it's a, it's a really got, stupid argument. Still, yeah. Celtic have almost got double the amount of points as a team in third. But, uh, but so, I mean, where, 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 where do you want to go with this? Manchester City have won the Premier League five out of the last six I seasons. Want to know what you're, so, I want to know what's wrong so, with my argument. Uh, so, you know, it's interesting in a, you know, uh, a European week that, that you, you chose to, to have a pop at Celtic who, look, it's an embarrassment. Right. It would, no, no, yes, no, yes, let's not, look, I, I listened to what you said and I listened to what Dom said. I saw your article. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a pop at Celtic. It's a pop at Scottish football. In, it, so in a week where Manchester United have spent over 400 million uh, pounds lose to uh, the minnows of, uh, of of Copenhagen. You chose not to not to mention that Newcastle United have spent a fortune, bottom of their Champions League group. You, you just went all in on on Celtic and Scottish football. Bottom line with Brendan Rodgers. Okay, so you know you did, you said that he's going in your article something about spending his most valuable years hmm. marking back time. In, so how how can you marking judge time. what Brendan's goals are for him taking on a particular Job? How can how can you judge that? That isn't for you to judge, well, is, is it? No, no, it's right, no, no, it no, it's, no, it's not for you to judge. Because you, because, but, 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 but you can you can change your opinion on a on a certain job role. And if Brendan is doing that and go and he's gone back into a difficult situation, then he's entitled to do that. That's 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 not for you to judge. And your whole sort of mediocre poverty line on Scottish football, it, it's sort of. I mean, is it all about commercialism? Is it all about elitism? Is it, so you're telling me, in your opinion, you think the Scottish League is is poor, right? Yeah. So, but this, but but this, but this is where Scottish po- uh, people get sick and tired of the likes of people like yourself. It's a misguided judgment. Scottish football, mm-hmm. okay, in terms of attendances. Mm-hmm. Okay, they are the best supported league in European football. So you can have your opinion on the standard of football, but the sort of the biggest barometer, the best barometer is Scottish people don't care what you think because well, they, well, because 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 they go to the games week in and well, week out them. and they love their football. That's the biggest barometer. Not having the most riches, that's elitism well, it's, on it's, your part. It's a, it's a slightly different argument. No, it's not. I'm talking about my. I talked about why would Brendan go back? What can he achieve? Because he may have because he may have a different uh, you know a, a, a different view on what he wants to go back for. He, he may have, and I'm paid to have an opinion. You on can't what judge I, that on, on why I, whether I think he's right or wrong. It's, specu- it, it's speculative. Your it's, opinion it's, it's, was. It's called analysis and comment, Chris. What's what? A based col- on nothing. It's what a column is. No, it's based on nothing. Well, that column. Well, based on facts and figures. But it wasn't facts and figures. So I take what you point. Take your point about Scottish football being popular, and that's really interesting. I didn't actually know that. The attendances were on the up there. That that heartens they're me. They're not not on the up. Oh. They they are the best supported league no. in in Europe. Yeah, you mean in terms of population? In, in terms of population, oh. but that, so that's that. So 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 while you know you're saying about poverty and mediocrity, the biggest thing Scottish people like it. Scottish football fans like well, it. You could that, argue. That, that, you could argue. If you could argue that they just want to go and watch some football and that's the best that there is. But the, you oh could my argue that. God. It, but, that, but that's insulting. But that's just, that's just not, pathetic. The thing is, mate, you, you understandably feel very passionately about this subject. No, you, no you, I, I, I just you, think I'm being fair. And I, I do, you do get very defensive about it. You, I know you, what Scottish football is, and so do people in Scotland, get, and they don't want to be patronised by by English journalists putting the boot in when when you know with, with speculative sort of analysis and comments and 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 comments which I think are you know are clearly wrong. 
Well, I'm not putting the boot in because, and, but I'm going to say, what I'm going to say now, you're going to say, oh, it's patronising. I, I would, I want a strong Scottish league, right? I want, I want Aberdeen to be strong. Do you want a strong English Premier League? Yeah. I, I well, so, so, so Manchester City have won the Premier League five out of the last six seasons. But, the, but they're also the best team in Europe. Um, but but, but, you, but, but so, so you can skew with that to the European argument. Let's talk about the English Premier League then. What, okay, what about so, it? So they've dominated. So is, that's a bad thing then? But that, but, uh, well, I've, I've, in Scotland, I've, you'll I've, pull them up on I've it. I've sat on this, in this chair before and said that the standards at the bottom of the Premier League is not what it should be for the amount of money that is spent down there. I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid of criticising standards in the Premier League at all. I'm not, but equally, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I look at Scot- I look at Scottish football, and I'm not sure that it was a, that 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 it was the right move for Brendan to go back and only no, do. But Brendan, but sure. that's up to Brendan. That's yeah, up to Brendan. Exactly. We're going to go around. In, we're going to go around in circles. Your argument is passionate as usual. I think there is actually there, there, are, there are nuggets in there that I've maybe listened to and learn, and I take away from. But I also won't move from my opinion. It's, it's not always about the money. It's, it's not always league. about the money, right? It's about the product, and it's about supporters, bums on seats, going and supporting their local teams. That, 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 that's, say, that's what it's about. And you've got you've got two of the clubs in Scotland who are every bit as big, and the focus on them, Celtic and Rangers, every bit as big as any club down true. south. So, you, uh, uh, and in terms of television money, we we know what the, you know, well, we, you know, we know what the biggest issue is. They they, they get a couple of million. Well, that was in the uh, column, mate. Every year, it was yeah, in the I know, column. I know. It's in, and that was that was about the only the part. Column. That was the only part of your column which was, you know, accurate. So I think I'm saying now. I don't want to say, but I think um, that the, the you know the, the, what what you say about Celtic and Rangers is right. Very quickly, there's that other argument about whether Celtic and Rangers should. I mean, it's not that it would be that easy, but say it was that easy, Celtic and Rangers should come and play. In, in the English setup, right? It's a, that's a two-hour discussion on its own. But just say, for sake of argument, that that did happen, right? I think everybody would recognise that they would bring something absolutely remarkable and almost unique to the, to the English pyramid. But what would worry me if that happened? Would what they would what they would leave behind, and what would happen to Scottish football yeah. without them? And I de- because then no TV company would pay to film it, and the whole thing could wither and die. Well, that's and nobody, bit, that's and once again, that. that's once again but sort look, of elitist and disrespectful. Well, but you know, Chris, it's, a, it's it, not. That's yeah, coming it's, from someone who cares about it. Who cares well, about? Well, who cares you about? Got a funny it. way of showing care. Uh, moments of the week. You first. Um, well, my wife has put the Christmas decorations up, which has is she? a moment. Has she really? Yeah, yes. So is that going to play? Is that, is that, is that going to affect your electricity supply as well, <laughs> as, well as your ropey Wi-Fi, which let us down last Thursday? <laughs> yeah, maybe you know, so, but we're a happy family. How many trees do you, how many trees do you have at the farm? You we, what? Yeah, we, we, how many we, trees do you have? We normally get up about six or seven trees. Seven trees? Yeah. So does that we, like to, we like to buy a couple every year and plant them after, so we've got... Trees on the trees so, on the drive. So, yeah. so what? She got seven real Christmas trees. No, a couple of real ones. We get a couple of real ones every year. So uh, that's a lot of baubles. Um, <laughs> so the, the facts and figures of your household always, uh, always. So let me get this right. Um, I want to get this right. Okay, with six, six children, mm. nine cats, mm. eight dogs, mm. twelve horses. Mm. Not, not good horses. Twelve horses. Seven Christmas, seven, yeah. Christ, seven Christmas trees. Yeah, that's and, ex- yeah, a lot of a lot of dog poo, uh, and a father who's a father and husband do, from what I can tell, is never ever there. Um, <laughs> now, um, my moment of the week, Nigel Clough. 
Nigel Clough, 25 years in management. He um, celebrated last week, 57 years old, Nigel. How can Nigel Clough be 57 years old? 25 years in management um, at Mansfield, um, third in in League Two. They are one of only two unbeaten teams in the whole of the pyramid, the other being Portsmouth. Gave an opportunity to to jump in there. Yeah, Yeah, but Portsmouth. Portsmouth... They got knocked out of the. Did they get? Knocked oh yeah, out the, the, this is in the league. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, Mansfield got knocked out of three cups in a week. Yeah. Last week, they lost three cup games on on the bounce, but mm. came back in the league and won at Salford. So yeah, unbeaten. Um, Nigel did a, a chat for the football league. He went into a school in uh, in Nottinghamshire last week and uh, admitted that a lot of the kids asked him why he was in management, and uh, he was like, "Oh, well, part of it was you know it's kind of in the family." And these kind of kids just looked at him. Because, I mean, if you're that age, yeah. you don't know Brian Clough is, do you? But, yeah, but I, I um, I'm fond of Nigel. He's done a wonderful job, a good job at Mansfield. Um, almost got in the playoffs last year, lost in the playoff final the year before. This year he's having another another go at it. Um, and was talking to the kids about how, what, about taking his dog, uh, Bobby, into training every day, which, of course, is what, he's, what his Brian used to do at Forest. Mm. used to take Del, Boy, Del or Del Boy in every day. And Nigel also gets his injured players to walk the dog when they when they recover, which is something else that mm-hmm. Brian used to do. So that's my one of my moments of the week. But my second one now, um, so I'm on the tra- I'm on the uh, on the train coming down to London from Manchester yesterday morning for the uh, for the the game at Chelsea, uh, dear old um, Avanti West Coast. Um, mm. Hasn't let me down that often recently. Actually, sitting across from me in the carriage was Sue Pollard. She Pollard, the, the, the actress. Heidi High. There you go. So she set out a Google quickly. 74, Sue. She was wearing pink Doc Martin boots, orange, trous- orange trousers. And it, it was an mm. hour into the journey until somebody had the courage to walk up to her and go, Heidi, Heidi High. <laughs> and fair play, fair play. She just went, Hody ho, hody ho. And then about oh, 10, minutes, 10 minutes later, the ticket inspector walked up. So it's ticket check. Um, Sue gave her gave the gave gave her the ticket, and she said, "Oh, madam, I don't think she recognised her." So, madam, this is a first class ticket. Why are you sitting in standard class? This is a first class ticket. And Sue said, "Oh, I went in there, but there was a gentleman sitting in my seat, and I didn't like to move. Didn't like to move him." Mm, isn't that, that lovely? Yeah, you know I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I thought so anyway. Yeah. And then she went and moved him and uh, turfed him out and had a, had a breakfast. But <laughs> well, there you go. Heidi, Heidi, hi, hi, ho. Mm. I think that is a pretty reasonable uh, reasonable way to finish uh, this week's show. Um, Thanks for being with us. As always, thanks for listening to us. Thanks for watching. Please remember the old, uh, the old essentials: like, subscribe, comment, send us, send us some questions. Um, go to Mail Online for all your breaking um, sports news. Where you would have found this morning the, the breaking news written by Jack Gordon that Cole Palmer and Rico Lewis have been promoted to the England squad. Um, Feel free to download and subscribe to the Mail Plus app. Also, there's lots of extra content on there. This Thursday, Chris and I will be back together on Zoom, providing his Wi-Fi works to do our It's All Coming Up show ahead of the international weekend England play Malta on Friday. I wonder if Cole Palmer will get a look in for that one. Probably more likely for the second game in Macedonia, I would suggest. Um, But most importantly of all, be here again next week um, for the next episode of this show. Uh, my name is Ian Ladum, the chap on my left with the enormous Scottish chip on his shoulder is Chris Sutton, and this has been It's All Kicking Off.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.